Hello, and here we go again. Another podcast episode, another Sunday. Stone the seagulls. Right, what have I got? I've got a load of notes here. Uh, minibus, pub crawl. Tell you about that later. Let's do the weather first. Oh, by the way, it's quarter to one uh, in the afternoon, not uh, morning. 24th of February, 23. The wind, a little bit from the west, just a breeze. A little bit of sunshine. 8 degrees centigrade, which is 46 Fahrenheit. 10.13 millibars, 81% humidity. Right, that's the weather, not forecast, it's a report, isn't it? Weather report. That's what we've got here at the moment. And being Friday, uh, we're off to the club. Not late afternoon, but this evening. There's a music quiz that I've got to endure. I mean, uh, that we're going to enjoy later. Right, with, um, you know, us two, of course, Trisha's sister, her husband, someone else, blah, blah, blah. So I've got that to look forward to later. Now, John mentioned seagulls. Mind you, so did Ange. Hello, John. Hello, Ange. Sally, Alan, Mike, uh, Colin. Loads of people mentioned seagulls. You know, I said that they, they scream all night. I think it was Ange that said what they do is they scream if there are predators around. So at three o'clock in the morning, Mr. Fox sitting in the garden, seagulls see him sitting there and start screaming. So uh, they are a pain. But I think it was John also mentioned that they come in land for food because the, apparently the EU, the union thing, they banned fishermen from chucking bits of fish in the, like when they, what do they do on the boat? They cut their heads off and stuff. I don't know what they do. They gut them and things. And they used to chuck it all in the sea. And of course, the seagulls will eat that lot. Well, apparently, uh, allegedly, they're not allowed to do that anymore. I don't know. So the seagulls have lost all that food because they used to uh, follow the boats, didn't they? Inland, I remember as a kid seeing them following the tractor on farms that aren't too far from the sea. They're following the tractor, I suppose, looking for worms or something. I don't know. But uh, yeah, interesting. Thanks for all your comments about seagulls. They are a pain. And as I said before, uh, was it last week? I can't say stone the crows now. Upsets number three daughter because they like the crows. Stone the rooks. What's the difference between rooks and crows? I have no idea. Stone the seagulls. They're a protected species. You can't stone them, really. We shouldn't really be stowing, stowing, stoning any birds. I've got a cup of tea here. Just uh, have a quick sip. Wait a minute. Jackie. Hello, Jackie. I don't know where you're from. I think you're UK. You have said about the birds' nests, um, pubs and things I used to go to. You said that I said that they were like brothels. Well, I didn't. That was the article I was reading from, the uh, the newspaper article or whatever it was. Uh, she says here, what were the girls wearing? Bearing in mind it was late 60s, early 70s. What were they wearing to make anyone think that the birds' nest pubs were, were brothels. I've still got this sore throat, so sorry if I don't sound normal. Well, I don't think I ever sound normal, do I? What they were wearing, Jackie, well, miniskirts, wasn't it? Mainly miniskirts. She's put, were they wearing frocks? Because I mentioned that frocks are pretty. They're nice. And I, I have looked up frocks and dresses. Frocks is the old term, the old-fashioned term for a, a dress, apparently. I don't know why it changed. I prefer frocks, but there we are. I'm not going to wear one, by the way. <laughs> no, mustn't get on to that. Um, yeah, Jackie, no, the, the girls there didn't look like uh, they were working girls, if you see what I mean. I won't say any more than that. No, they were very nice. And as for the part where it said, what was it, good coffee and 
girls on their own or something, or birds on their own. There weren't any girls on their own, not that I remember. There were groups. I used to go with a, a lad or a couple of lads, you know, we'd sit at a table, and there'd be no, well, there were never any girls on their own at a table or on, on the dance floor or anywhere, as far as I could see. They went in groups. I don't think any girl would go on her own, even to a pub in those days, let alone a, a bird's nest type place. So, yeah, they wore mini skirts. They wore, I suppose, some of them had dresses, short dresses, mini skirt and top of some sort, like a, a blouse. We wore flares, of course, and some of the girls did. They wear flared jeans or flared trousers. Uh, I like flares and hipsters. My my main sort of clothes, really, uh, for my legs, <laughs> were flared jeans, hipster jeans. And on top, I'd wear, uh, which was the fashion, cheesecloth shirt, something like that. Cheesecloth was uh, the in thing. I don't know why it was... You didn't have to iron it. What was that? There's noises going on. You didn't have to iron cheesecloth. It sort of looked screwed up anyway, which I think suited me because I always looked a bit screwed up. No, I don't mean mentally. I mean, you know, my hair was all over the place. and uh, I wasn't one of these smart 60s persons. I was a bit of a... I mean, there were some that they had the, the sort of long droopy moustache and the hair down to their shoulders, all not permed, but, you know, covered in hair lacquer and stuff. That wasn't me. I was just more of a hippie. So there we are, Jackie. Yeah, no, they didn't look like they were working girls or anything like that. What was that record? That wasn't me. It just reminded me, teenage dirt bag. Was it? I'm just a teenage dirt bag, baby. No, I wasn't a teenage dirt bag at all, whatever that is. Jordan. Thanks, Jordan. Nice to hear from you. Cars. You mentioned cars. Ford Thames minibus. Yes, the Ford Thames minibus. I remember that. The Bedford Dormobile. Now, they were great. The Bedford vans, they were great because they had sliding doors. I think, yeah, the Dormobile was the same. It was a converted van, wasn't it? And you could drive around with the, the drivers and the passengers sliding doors open. You could slide them back and they'd stay open. Terrific in the summer. No seatbelts, nothing like that. You know, if you fell out, you fell out. And the van would keep going, presumably, till it hit something or someone. So that wasn't good. But yes, I do remember those, uh, Jordan. And you mentioned go-karts. Now, yes, go-karts. We all built go-karts, didn't we? Go up the tip, up the rubbish tip, get some pram wheels, bits of wood, and knock up a go-kart. Now, that was fantastic fun. It really was. Everyone had a go-kart. I remember a friend of mine, his dad, I think, was some kind of engineer, and he helped his this friend of mine build one. And he had a steering wheel on it, which all worked properly. We had a bit of rope that you just pull. You pull the right hand, bit of rope to turn right, pull the left hand to turn left. He had a proper steering wheel at an angle, you know, all done properly, because I don't know. I mean, that's cheating, getting your dad to build it. I'm just looking at my notes here. I'm always looking at notes, aren't I? Do you know, I spend my life looking at notes. I came in here this morning and there's notes all over my, my desk here. I say desk, it's an old pine table, really, but desk sounds better. So, yes, uh, what was that? Um, Go-karts. I went up to the tip. I remember this. This is when kids were allowed to rummage over the rubbish dump. It was great, the local council rubbish tip. No one took any notice, no health and safety. I'm rummaging around. This old boy came out. Oh, all right, son. 
Well, I'm not sure that he spoke like that, but uh, we'll pretend he did. All right, son, or what? No, he said, what are you doing? And I said, I want some pram wheels. And he said, ah, we've just had a pram come in. Come over here. And he showed me this pram. It was really nice. He said, that is ideal for your go-kart. So I said, oh, thanks. I was going to wheel it off. Well, he said, hang on, you don't need all the, the carry cot bit on top and all that nonsense and the handle. And I said, well, I'll have to undo it all. And he said, no, 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 take you hours. He said, I've got a gas axe. And I'm thinking, gas axe? What was I, 12 years old, I suppose? Gas axe? What's a gas axe? Oxyacetylene, welding equipment. And he said, hang on a minute. He dragged the pram over to this, these two big tanks, gas tanks. And he got his lighter out and lit this thing. And he cut the frame off with his oxyacetylene. And it was fantastic. I thought, I want one of those. I could do with one of those. Anyway, he cut the, the frame, so we were just left with the wheels. Then he said, what I'll do is cut the, the back wheels off, but leaving them on a certain amount of frame so you can bolt your, your wood to it or whatever. So he did that with the gas axe. Then he said, now the front wheels, you're going to have to steer them, aren't you? And I'm saying, yeah, yeah, that's right. I was in awe. I wanted a gas axe. I just imagined at home, you know, go around the garden, melting things with, with the oxyacetylene, melting bits of metal, cutting through metal fence posts and stuff. Great fun, especially when you're 12. Then he said, OK, what I'll do is I cut the front wheels off, which he did. And he said, what you want is a piece of angle iron across the top. And what did occur to me while he's doing all this, I thought he's meant to be at work. What does he do here apart from just muck about? Anyway, he went off and he came back. He said, look, I found a bit of bed iron because in the old days, the beds were the, the frame that the mattress went on was sort of angle iron stuff, pretty sturdy. So he cut a lump off that with a gas axe and he welded it onto the pram frame that still had the front wheels on it, just that bit. A bit difficult to describe. He said, now what you want to do, I'm going to drill. He said, drill a hole, get your dad or whoever, drill a hole through that, and that can be your pivot for your steering. Anyway, I'm thinking this is terrific. I, you know, I thanked him. I said, oh, this is really great. Thank you so much. And he found one or two other bits. And he said, how are you going to get all this home? And I said, uh, yeah, that's the thought. He said, I, I had intended to wheel a pram home. So he said, well, where do you live? And I told him, and he said, well, that's, that's a bit of a distance away. He said, I'll tell you what, give us your address. I'll drop it off on my way home from work. I live out that way. And do you know, he did. He dropped it all off at my place, well, my parents' place. He dropped it off. I remember my mum thinking, what's this bloke? What's he doing here? Some old bloke with a load of junk. <laughs> that's my old junk. And he dropped it off. In those days, it was like that. You know, old boy at the tip. And I, there's something else that happened at the local blacksmith because we had a blacksmith in, in my town and he had a load of scrap metal and he'd weld up bits and pieces for you. Anyway, I'll tell you that another time. So that was the, the start of my, one of my many go-karts. But this was the, my ideal one, my top of the range go-kart. I mentioned my pine table that I, I called a desk. We got it from an auction. <laughs> it's uh, it's not a bad table it's not huge it's about what four feet by three feet but it's ideal for my keyboard and my monitor and stuff we got it from an auction the bloke started off at three quid three quid uh, three quid anyone no one wanted it anyone three quid so i said yeah i'll have it <laughs> three quid right any bids over anyone uh, four pounds five pounds anyone i ended up at three and he said to me when i paid at the end and took it away he said you've got a bargain there 
and I had three pounds that's not bad at all so anyway it's not it's not an old pine table it's my posh office desk I've written podcast here what does that mean I'm recording one obviously oh who was it said uh yeah uh Bob hello Bob California why do I pay a podcast host when I could do as I do I put the podcast on YouTube which doesn't cost me anything the thing is Bob as I explained in my email to get listed on Spotify and Google and whatever, all these different uh, Alexa, whatever. Oh, I mustn't say that. She'll start taking off. Start saying, what do you want? <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't help you with that. Um, yeah, so that's why I do the podcast, have a host to host them, because that way I do get listed on these various, what are they called? Platforms or something, I don't know. But I do this on YouTube as well. I can upload each podcast to YouTube. I have a podcast channel on there, which is good. But talking of podcasts, I wonder whether anyone can help. I've been looking. I I don't listen to podcasts. And I thought, well, I've been thinking for the last year or so, it'd be nice if I could... Hang on, what was that? That was a news flash. Kate Forbes, Ash Regan, someone... I don't know who they are. Oh, Nicola Sturgeon, I nearly said. Nicola Sturgeon, the... Scottish First Minister has resigned and they're trying to find a replacement. Anyway, before I was rudely interrupted, what was I saying? Yeah, I'm trying to find a podcast to listen to that uh, is just someone like me, a sort of British bloke in his bedroom or his shed, or like me in a posh, air-conditioned, high-tech studio, (laughs) or whatever. Oh dear, happy days. And I can't find any. Most podcasts I find, it's Americans, most YouTube channels I go to, I think I'm looking for something on aerials. I go there and I get, hi, YouTubers. I don't want someone saying, hi, YouTubers. I want someone to say, I'm going to tell you all about aerials and podcasts. I was it? I did find one the other day. Again, that was American. Hey, podcasters. I don't want hey, podcasters or music. If I go to a podcast and it starts with music, I turn it off. If I'm on YouTube, anything I'm looking up, I might be looking up a certain type of uh, bit of amateur radio gear, ham radio stuff. If it starts with a load of blaring music, I just turn it off and go somewhere else. So do any of you know any podcasts similar to mine? Some British bloke rambling and talking rubbish for an hour because I'd like to listen to see what other people are talking about. That's all it is. I get a bit fed up listening to my own podcast. Well, to be honest, I don't listen to them. Sometimes I play back little bits and pieces, but uh, I don't listen to my own stuff. Okay, well, I've got Seesaw written here. Seesaw, bike, ramp and track bike. I should tell you all about that after another slurp of tea. Just had a text message from my doctor, which is quite good. They're very good round at our surgery, you know. It says here, uh, we're running a project to identify a regular pulse rhythm in over 65s to detect, what's this, atrial fibrillation, type of heart arrhythmia or something, to prevent strokes. Please see video below. Self-check your pulse and respond, regular or irregular. Well, I don't know how to do that, but my sister-in-law's coming round this evening. As I said, we're going up the, the club for the music quiz. And she's a retired nurse. So I shall say to her, is my pulse regular or irregular? And she'll say, well, you're irregular. I don't know about your pulse. So I shall ask her later. And then um, 
then get back to the surgery, answer the text message. It's good, though. They often send things like that. They seem to be quite caring around there. Not that you can ever get to see a doctor. Anyway, seesaw, bike, ramp, track, but track, bike. In the old days, when I was a kid, when I was a boy, we used to build stuff. As I said about the uh, the pram wheels for go-karts and stuff. We made a seesaw in my friend's garden. His sister wanted a seesaw. Back then, parents didn't have a lot of money. You couldn't go buying these things. So we got a plank of wood and bits of metal and borrowed his dad's tools, raided his dad's shed. This must have been one summer holiday, I suppose. His dad wasn't there, he was probably at work. And we built this seesaw, and it was terrific for his sister. Another thing we used to build was uh, like a ramp. Get a load of wood and make a ramp. So you cycle on your bike towards it like a maniac. Up the ramp, fly off the other side of the ramp, and hopefully land still on your bike with any luck, but hopefully the right way up. And that was all good fun. Track bikes. We used to make track bikes, you know, with a fixed wheel at the back. You could buy bits and pieces from the local bike shop. Not that there are any these days. And we made a track bike, you know, no brakes, don't stuff like that, no lights, no bell, just a basic bit like a stock car, isn't it? Weld the doors shut. We couldn't weld them shut on your bike, there weren't any. But it was a basic bike frame, two wheels. Fixed wheel and pedals, you know, that was it, the chain, and that was it. And we'd go over the, over the woods, over the downs, flying through the woods, fall off, bash your knees, scrape your head, break your arm, as one of my friends did. Broke his arm, I had to go on my track bike, broke his arm. He was crying, what were we, about 10, 11, 12? He was crying, his arm was all twisted and bent. And I, I was saying, does it hurt? And he said, no, it doesn't hurt. Obviously, it did a bit. I said, well, why are you crying? He said, my mum's going to go mad and my dad will go mad. And I said, why? Because you've broken your arm. It's not your fault. He said, he said, when I tell them I've been on someone else's bike, they'll go mad. I said, well, you don't tell them, do you? You don't tell them you're on someone else's bike. You say you're on your bike and you, you fell off. And then he stopped crying. He was all right then. I mean, you know, come on. If you're a kid, you've got to learn how to lie properly to your parents. Anyway, there we are, he broke his arm. Minibus, pub crawl, it says here. Oh yes, I'll talk about that in a minute. I think it was good to build your own stuff when you're a, a kid, because later on, when you've got your own car, if something went wrong with it, you know, in the 60s, the 70s, you could go down the car dump, buy something like a new, I don't know, a new dynamo or starter motor for a couple of quid, fit it on yourself. You know, you, you learn how to use tools and do mechanical things. Not only the boys, the girls did as well. It wasn't at all unusual to see a, a girl with her bike fixing a puncture or taking, you know, putting the chain back on or fitting something on her bike. Not unusual at all, you know, using tools and things. I think that was good. I think that's what's lacking these days. People, I don't know, people, I suppose, kids these days, teens... They're not into fixing things. You don't fix stuff these days, do you? If the, the kettle goes wrong or the toaster or your iron, you chuck it away and buy a new one. Whereas back then you'd go down the electrical shop and uh, I want an element from my kettle. It's, it's burnt out. And they'd say, what, what kettle is it? Oh, yeah, there you go. And you'd fit it. These days you throw it away. It does seem a shame. But I used to enjoy making things. I was always making stuff as a kid. I had a Meccano set, huge Meccano set. And I used to build cranes and well, all sorts of stuff. Lorries, had the electric motor with it. Built loads of stuff with that. Good fun. 
Right, this minibus thing, this must have been the 70s. Yes, it was the 70s. Uh, a friend of mine, his friend was having a stag do and they wanted to do a pub crawl uh, in Brighton, where the bird's nest was. Uh, not that I went to the bird's nest on that occasion, but he said, do you want to give us a lift to each pub? We'll pay you. So I said, oh, that sounds all right. And he said, yeah, we'll buy you Coke or orange juice in each pub. I said, yeah, that'd be fine. And then he said, there are 10 of us. And I said, well, I can't fit 10 in the car. Oh, no, no. No, he said, that's all right. Mate of mine's got a minibus. You can drive that. That's what reminded me about the um, the Ford minibus, Jordan, that you mentioned. That's what reminded me of this. So, anyway, I drove, I picked them all up from their various houses, drove to the first pub in Brighton and parked up. They all went in, had a few beers, which was good. I had a Coke or something. And then they said, right, next pub, next pub. So all piled back in this minibus, drove them to the next pub. It was quite good fun, actually. And parked up the van. They all piled into this pub and I locked up the van and followed them in. Another glass of Coke. And so it went on during the evening. And we got to the last pub and they were all well worse the wear for drink. And they're in this last pub and one of them chatting up this girl. I thought, oh, goodness me, awful this is. Oh, before I talk about the girl, I think that might have been, Jordan, that might have been a Ford Thames minibus. I call it a van. I think they were converted vans, weren't they? I can't remember what it was. Or was it a Transit, a Ford Transit converted into a van? No, into a minibus. I don't know what it was. So I explained to this girl that we were on a you know pub crawl, and it's a stag thing, and I'm the driver. And, uh, yeah, we got chatting. There's me with my glass of Coke, about the, I don't know, eighth glass of Coke or whatever. Dreadful stuff. It's all right having one or two, but when you drink lots of Coke, it's horrible. And I ended up having a chat where we went and sat down at a table while all these lads, it was the last pub, as I said, they're falling all over the place. And she gave me her phone number. She lived in Brighton, which was a pain because it was 10 miles away from where I am. But she gave me her phone number. So uh, she said, you pick me up tomorrow night if you want, we'll go out for a drink, which I did. So it was quite a good evening, actually. I drove them all home, dropped them off. I had a list of their addresses, dropped them all off at their addresses. And the next day I went home myself. Next day I took the minibus round to my mate's place, picked up my car and that was that job done. I think they gave me about 20 quid for doing it, which was not bad back then. And they all gave me, apart from buying all my drinks, all my Cokes and orange juices, uh, one or two of them, you know, when they had a few drinks, they're getting out, may I have some money, have some money, thanks for doing this, have some money, they're all giving me money. So I did quite well out of that. We've just had posted through our door a local little magazine thing. That's, it's a freebie. And Tris just showed me inside the history of gas and electric lighting in Worthing. Quite interesting that. I'm going to have a read of that later. It just reminded me, let's get rid of that for a minute. That's it. It just reminded me that I've seen a lot of pictures of uh, on the, online, on the internet, of course, of London in the 50s, especially, and early 60s, where there are children playing on kind of derelict buildings, old bomb sites, because don't forget, in the 50s, a lot of London was bombed during the war. And in the 50s, it was all still there. The houses, you know, fallen down, rubble everywhere. It took a long time to rebuild everything. So the kids would play on these on these bomb sites, on what was left of the houses and old cars. You know, you can see all these pictures online. And I was looking through some the other day and, and some film as well, some old cine film of 
all this sort of thing going on. The kids in their you know, grubby clothes, climbing up lampposts, climbing through old cars and things. We didn't have any of that here because, I mean, yeah, there were places bombed here down on the, on the coast, but nothing like in London, of course. But what we did have was, what well, we had, well, the beach and the woods. But going over to the woods, there were things we found. We found a parachute once hanging from a tree, uh, sort of halfway up this tree, this parachute. Uh, there was no one in it. You know, we were talking about someone must have parachuted down and did they get shot and were they dead? You know, you know what kids are like. And we tried to get this parachute down from the tree and we couldn't. And uh, we told one of our, I think one of the kids' older brothers. And the following day went back over there, but it had gone. Someone had obviously seen it and taken it. But uh, that's about all we found. Oh, there was a propeller. Apparently there were a couple of planes that had crashed uh, somewhere near the Downs, up on the Downs. And there was a a farm. Uh, Where was that? Up in Washington. No, not D.C., not not America. Washington, West Sussex. Just about, how far is Washington from here? I don't know, five miles north, eight miles north of here. No, not even that far. And there's a farm there that I used to go up as, as a kid, cycle up there, you know. And there was this huge wooden propeller uh, just inside this barn. And uh, I remember the farmer chap saying that he got that off a plane. It was a wooden propeller. Did they have wooden propellers? Well, it must have done on some planes, very early ones. Perhaps that was First World War, was it? I don't know, I don't know. But I often see these things of kids in London, you know, the girls in their frocks, and there was it white socks and Mary Janes, what they called the shoes, and the boys in their shorts, grubby shirts, all, all filthy, all covered in dirt, having great fun. It must have been good fun for the kids, you know, going through old houses, old bomb sites and things. So, uh, yeah, I didn't have that down here, but uh, interesting to look at it all. I'll have a read of that article later and let you know if there's anything worth mentioning on the on the podcast episode. Talking of pub crawls it wasn't something I liked I remember we'd meet in a a pub on a Friday night and one of the lads would say let's do a pub crawl I did one or two but I didn't like I didn't see the point Friday night the pubs were busy and I mean busy (laughs) I hate that expression you know where someone says oh it was packed and I mean packed I mean of course you mean it's packed you just said it was packed why say I mean it was packed and I went round a couple of pubs with this group of lads it's six deep at the bar. You get into the next pub. You can't get served. You get served in your own local pub because they know you. Just wave at the back and, all oh, right, you know, she'd put her hand up. The barmaid put her hand up. Okay, thumbs up. And she'd take your drink round to the end of the bar or even bring it round out to you, which was good because you're a local, you're a regular. But the pub crawls, you, you get to the next pub, you can't get served. And it's, oh, oh I don't know. It, I just didn't like it. I like to get my place at the bar at my local pub and stand there for the entire evening. <laughs> and dear, it was good. I didn't like pub crawls. And of course, at the end of it all, you're kind of in a pub miles away from where you, you want to be. I don't know. What I did like on a Friday night and a Saturday was go to a local pub, then go on to a club, nightclub. How about that? Until two or three in the morning. Good grief. I remember doing that and then going to work the next day on a Saturday had to work on a Saturday, six-day week back then. How about that? Come out of the nightclub at three in the morning, perhaps get to sleep by four o'clock, and at half past eight, you're at work. Terrific. 
I didn't bother too much with clubs when I was younger, sort of 12, 13. There were one or two local boys clubs. I didn't really fit in there. I didn't like it. Uh, I'd rather be over the woods. To be honest, I think, I don't know why, but it must have come from somewhere, possibly in my childhood. Rather than go to the quiz night at our club tonight, I'd rather go and sit in the woods. You know, it's lovely. Birds, birds singing, animals about, well, mind you, it'd be dark, but, you know, especially in the summer, summer evening, sit in the woods with the animals. It's lovely. I'd much prefer to do that than go and sit in a club where some DJ bloke say, oh, what's this song? Go on, name that tune. And you have to sit there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. That's uh, what's it called by Herman's Hermits or something. <laughs> We're all different, aren't we? And I wonder where it's come from, this sort of love of the woods of mine and the, not hatred, but the dislike of the beach. But I certainly would. Sometimes we watch something on telly and there's trumpets blasting, especially adverts, people shouting, and I think, why am I doing this? Why am I having to have all this go into my head? Why aren't I sitting in the garden listening to the birds singing? Perhaps I should do that. I don't know. Perhaps I should go and sit in the woods. Well, now I've got my posh recorder, I should, especially when the summer comes, I should go and record my podcast episodes sitting somewhere in the woods. How about that on my own, just sit in the woods? That'd be wonderful. I can do that now. Sometimes Trish will want to watch one of her, what I call, funny films. They're weird films on telly. I don't know where she finds them all. And they take like half an hour to get started. I try and get into it. I sit there. Okay, right, we're on that scene. Now we've moved to this scene. Oh, now we're in a different time. You know, that that was today. And now we've gone back a 100 years. I'm trying to keep up with it. And in the end, after about half an hour, there's hardly any dialogue. I don't know what's happening. So I come in here my high-tech studio, my posh receiving station, and I tune around the shortwave bands, see what's on shortwave, listen to Radio Algeria or, I don't know, something from Kuwait. Yeah, great fun. I'd rather do that than disturb Trish watching her film because what I used to do, I'd try and watch the film with her and I'd be commenting, what's that? What do they do that for? Well, he wouldn't do that. I mean, that's ridiculous. What's that meant to be? Why are they doing that? And she'd say, oh, for goodness sake, you know, why don't you go and play radios or something? I'd get sent to my room. <laughs> I used to like that, getting sent to my radio room. I wouldn't stop her from watching anything on telly, you know, just because I don't like it. She sometimes watches things that she doesn't particularly want to watch, but I do. So we work together. Also, we do watch a, a lot of stuff together. There's a lot of things on lots of programmes that we watch together. Spring watch, autumn watch, winter watch. All that lot with Chris Packham and Michaela Strack and that that's great. I like all that. We both do. There's a lot of things we like. Who was it mentioned the other day? Talk. Oh, what's it called? I forget who it was. I don't know. I'm, I probably made a note somewhere. About, uh, is it Talking Pictures TV? That's it. Talking Pictures. Sorry, apologies. I forget who it was. I won't look up the email because that would take me hours. But uh, yes, I do watch Talking Pictures. We both like that. There's, uh, do you remember the, the Rank Film organisation, Rank Films, Movies? They do a, they did in the 60s a load of short films about the 60s. It'll be about buses or about trains or trip to the beach. Uh, we watched one the other night about, was it Torquay in Devon? And they're quite interesting. Looking back at, we like seeing the cars, the old cars in the 1960s, the old traffic signs. All the stuff like that is good. Talking Pictures TV, I think it's called. Talking Pictures Television. 
And there's another programme, which I forget what that's called. Mike Reed does that with uh, some other chap. Uh, is it? Oh, I can't remember. If you really want to know, email me and I'll find out. Raisrants at protonmail.com. I wish this cough would go away. I keep having to stop and coughing. <laughs> Plus, I sound a bit rough. I don't feel rough. I feel fine. Where are we now? Half past two on uh, Friday. The sky over the north, over the downs, it looks very grey. Very grey. We haven't had a lot of rain. We've just had a lot of dull, damp days. Not actual proper rain. Only a couple of days of rain. There we are. You see, back in the old days when I was a boy, it was summer all the time. All the time. Except for Christmas Day, which was winter, when you get three feet of snow. Well, that's the kind of memory that I have anyway. Totally untrue, of course. The frog spawn is doing well. The tortoise is doing well. He's out and about, getting frustrated because he wants to get out into the garden now, which he can't. Oh, I didn't tell you, it was frosty this morning. Minus one when I woke up. Frost all over the place. Shed roofs, grass everywhere. Frost, horrible. We've got crocus that have come up. They're nice, lovely little. We've got a pot full of crocus plants. I don't know where they came from. Perhaps I grew them years ago, I can't remember. And we've got some daffodils. We haven't got any tulips. I've tried to grow tulips. They don't seem to work here for some reason. But the spring is coming. The spring is definitely on the way. I say that every week, don't I? That's because I'm keen. I'm excited. I like the spring. I like the sunshine. I think everyone gets fed up with this dark sort of... Well, not in the southern hemisphere, down in, down under in Australia. Right for you lot down there. South Africa. Lovely. Up here in the Northern Hemisphere, we're cold, we're frozen. <laughs> so everyone's looking forward to the summer because I think most people get fed up with this. There's that sad, isn't there, something syndrome. I don't know what it's called, sadly depressed syndrome or whatever it's called. And I think that's quite real, actually. I think it's lack of daylight, lack of uh, proper daylight, sunlight, lack of vitamin D. And people get depressed. Well, not depressed, they just get fed up. And they're looking forward to the spring. I've got to write down a couple of jokes, two or three jokes for this evening. I try to shock my sister-in-law, but she doesn't shock easy. It doesn't shock at all because she was a A&E nurse for 15 years or was it 20 years? She's seen and heard everything, literally everything. I won't tell you what, but dreadful. So I can't shock her, but I will keep trying. I, I find jokes online, you know, really bad joke, crude jokes. And I try to shock her, but she doesn't shock. She just raises her eyes to the ceiling and tells me to shut up. Tris tells me to shut up. But it's good fun trying. Oh, have you heard about the Roald Dahl books? You know, the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and all that lot. They, some people were trying to have some of the words changed. Apparently there's someone, I haven't read them all. There's a, a fat person in there and they're trying to get the, the fat person to be called a a large person or something, they want to use the word fat. And there were various other things that they're trying to change. Anyway, it was all going ahead and apparently it stopped. The publisher have now said, no, we're not going to change all the words because there's been such a an uproar against changing the words. They're just going to leave his work as it was written. It's difficult, isn't it? If it offends some people to read the word fat, I mean, I've got a fat stomach. I, okay, I could say I've got a large stomach. Actually, it's not so fat as it used to be. I'm losing weight quite nicely now. It's too many beers. Too many beers at a young age. That's what did it. But I've got a fat stomach. I could say it's large or distended. You know, but I mean, basically it's fat, isn't it? I've got a fat stomach. 
And I'm not offended by that because it's a fact. Anyway, I won't get into that because it's all silly. But all these words that seem to be changing, they're changing names of streets in London. I don't know whether they're doing that anywhere else. They probably are. Names of streets and all sorts of stuff. I can't keep up with it. I don't know whether you've heard of Thomas the Tang Engine, a kid's sort of cartoon thing and, and books, I believe. And in there, the uh, there's the fat controller. It's a very fat man who wears a, a top hat. And he is the con- railway controller. And he is known as the fat controller. And I think they're going to try and change that now. I don't know what they could call him. The big controller or the large controller, I don't know. There we are, not to worry. Sign of the times, I suppose. Moving on swiftly. Have you got your holiday booked this year? Where are you going? Anywhere interesting? Raise rants at protonmail.com. Be nice to hear from you. We've got the Isle of Wight booked. You knew that already, didn't you? You knew that. Isle of Wight every year, at least once, if not twice. Plus, we're going to Hastings for the Pink Floyd tribute band. That'll be good. I've got Butlins again with number two daughter and her seven-year-old boy. And we're going with them. So that'll be good fun. Actually, I think that's next month, isn't it? So I don't know what the weather will be like. I hope it warms up a bit by then. So where are you going? From what I've heard, you know, people, family, friends, a lot of people are doing, what do they call it? Staycation. No, not staycation. That's where you stay at home, isn't it? But going to holidays in the UK. They're going to the West Country or Scotland or Wales or wherever. They're staying in the UK for holidays. Mind you, that's getting expensive now. Hotels, well, there aren't many hotels that are free now, but uh, you know, boarding places, holiday places, they're all getting rather expensive. Everything is. Talking of being expensive, everything being expensive, how about, now, I don't know if this is happening where you are, perhaps in Europe, I don't know about America or Australia, we're running out of vegetables uh, and salad stuff, tomatoes, cucumbers. We're running out of everything. Apparently, it's due to bad weather across Europe. I don't know why we have to buy tomatoes and cucumbers from mainland Europe, because we always used to grow our own. Apparently we don't now. I think the trouble is, back in the old days, in the good old days, I won't say when I was a boy, but back in the good old days, you had winter crops, which were vegetables such as cabbage, sprouts, all that sort of thing, winter vegetables. In the summer, you had salad stuff, cucumbers, tomatoes, all that sort of thing. So you had vegetables in the winter, salad in the summer. Now people want stuff all year round. I want a strawberry on Christmas Day or a cucumber or a tomato. And then, of course, in midsummer, middle of the summer, red hot weather, I want sprouts. Well, you can't have sprouts in the old days. You haven't got sprouts midsummer. Now, of course, it's all year round, everything. And it all tastes disgusting, nothing like it used to. But I think now is the time for people to start growing their own stuff again, like we used to. This, as I've told you, our raised border that we're making, we're going to have, um, for the summer, we're going to have tomatoes in a separate place, uh, radish, spring onions, oh, I forget what else, loads of stuff, salad stuff, perhaps lettuce, stuff like that, just to grow our own fruit, not fruit, but vegetables, salad, not so much to save money, but because it tastes so much better. Someone was talking on some news programme on TV the other day and they were saying they bought quite expensive cherries from somewhere and they didn't taste of anything. They just don't taste anything like cherries are meant to taste. And they were saying about, you know, when they were a kid back in the old days, how things did taste so much better. 
I think what's happened is youngsters of today have never tasted the the real uh, vegetables and salad stuff from the old days. They've never tasted the real stuff. So they think this is the norm. Oh, that's a cherry. That's what a, te- a cherry tastes like. Kind of nothing. That's what it is. But that's not true at all. I'm hoping that uh, they're talking about farming in this country. They're talking about farmers growing more stuff rather than importing it from abroad. And I'm hoping that people will, perhaps in their gardens, perhaps grow a little bit more of their own bits and pieces. I mean, tomatoes aren't available at all, it seems now. Someone was laughing the other day about, was it Brexit's made the weather bad in Europe or something? I don't know. All this stuff. What was that cartoon I saw the other day? I forgot. I meant to make a note. Of course, I forgot to make a note. Now I've forgotten what the cartoon... Oh, that's what it was, about veggie burgers. You know, veggie burgers. Um, Was it a cartoon or was it real? Butcher's shop window, because there's, you know, such a shortage of vegetables and stuff now. Can't get veggie burgers. Try our great alternative. This was in a butcher's uh, window. So I thought that was quite funny. Try our great alternative to veggie burgers. It's now Saturday and the sun is shining, which is rather nice. Still very, very cold out there. Hello to Mark. You're in Dublin, aren't you, Mark? Thank you for the MP3 recording. I do like these recordings. And I know a lot of you have said, more recordings, more recordings. Well, that's up to you, isn't it? Not me. I can't. I suppose if I could do voiceovers like Mark does, if I could put on accents, I can't do that, though. A friend of mine can. Sometimes he'll phone and he'll have an American or an Irish accent. Australian, South African, and I don't recognise that it's him. He's that good at it. But I can't do that. If I could, I'd make up my own MP3. I'd say, look, here's one from Fred from Australia, <laughs> but you'd know it's me. Anyway, I won't tell you what Mark's recording is about. Let you have a listen to it. This is excellent stuff. Excellent. Hey, Ray, how you doing? It's Mark from Ireland here. I just uh, thought I'd share a little story with your listeners. If you could all cast your mind back to that big first date, you know, when you meet somebody. And I was kind of a late bloomer because my first real date was at the age of 19. I was still quite callow and shy. But at my brother's, my late brother's wedding, I, um, I got lucky. And I set up a date with a lady who was 10 years older than I and a lot more experienced. Um, But she had been a gym teacher and everything, so it was quite exciting. So we went to a little place in uh, a town I lived in called Rathmines, and it was a restaurant. So this was a big deal for me, you know, taking a woman out to a restaurant. I still remember the name of it. It's long gone. It was called the Copenhagen. So I was just full of nerves. So we went into this place. And of course, the ambiance, you know, atmosphere, etc., was all quiet and dignified and candlelight. So... I went to sit down and I could feel something under my bum, not to, I'm just going to have to use that word. I could feel something. I just thought it was really uncomfortable cushion. And my date was going to sit down and I could see her face getting very alarmed. And she kept saying to me, Mark, Mark, Mark. And I, I kept going, what? And kept subliminally thinking, this is a very uncomfortable cushion. And I kept wriggling my buttocks. Wait till I tell you, I was actually sitting on an uh, on an old lady's lap. I hadn't seen because I'd been so nervous and she was absolutely terrified and remonstrating and everything. And I'm sure to her um, fellow guests who were with her, it must have looked like a deliberate act of teenage rebellion because the more she struggled, the more I wiggled my buttocks because I really was oblivious to her until I turned around and met her eye to eye. It was 
kind of embarrassing. And I suppose, Ray, we made our <clears throat> excuses and left. Truth is, I think we stayed. Anyway, just thought I'd share that. Maybe you guys can recollect your first dates as well. Take care. Thanks, Mark. Great stuff. I do love these audio recordings. I can remember my first proper date, as you put it. Um, I don't think I'll talk about that. Right. Thank you very much, Mark. I do appreciate that. Going to the trouble of making the recording and sending it across to me. Anyone else got any MP3 recordings? As I've said before, if you don't know how to do it, just do a video on your phone. Cover up the lens if you don't want to show the, the carpet or the ceiling or something. And I can retrieve the, the audio from the, the video, the MP4. Thanks a lot, Mark. Really appreciate that. Let's move on. Oh, I went to the uh, the club, the quiz last night, the music quiz. I didn't know. I knew two answers. There were a load of songs that he played parts of and what linked them all together. It was the US states, American states. There was uh, Indiana Wants Me, you know, and um, what was it? Ohio or loads of states. I can't sing all the things. And I, I actually said to our group, it's the American states. And I was right. Another one I got right that no one else knew was, uh, what was it? Um, we Are Beautiful, Fern Kinney. That was the answer, Fern Kinney. Do you remember that? That was good. There's a load of noise in the background. I got my radio switched on. So, yes, yeah, Saturday morning, quarter to 11. Sun is shining. A bit cold, but I'm going to go and have a look in the garden, so I might leave it here. Don't forget to email me with your MP3 or MP4 recordings. Rants at protonmail.com. Be great to hear from you. Uh, any final thoughts? Let me just check my notes before I disappear. Oh, there was one thing uh, I was going to mention. I had a text message from my doctor's surgery yesterday afternoon. And it said, can you check your pulse rate and let us know whether it is regular or irregular? So I'm thinking, what's all this about? Well, it's about, what is it? At atrial fibrillation or AF, whatever that is, a heart thing. So Trish, I said, you have a feel on my pulse. And she said, well, you haven't got a pulse, you're dead. So that was a lot of good. I couldn't say, say to the doctor, well, sorry, I'm die. I've died off. Anyway, later on, when my sister-in-law came around, she's a retired nurse, she did the, the pulse. And she said, it's slightly irregular. So I'm going to have an ECG. So that'll be interesting. I've sent her a reply to it saying it's irregular. I mean, she said it's slightly irregular. It was probably the thought of... Uh, you know, having to endure the uh, the quiz last night at the club. Actually, I quite enjoyed the quiz. It made a nice change. So there we are. Nothing wrong with my heart at all. Just uh, going. I think they stick bits of wire all over your chest, don't they, or something? And then a, a paper machine goes bzz, 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 and it draws out some sort of chart. It'll probably say that I'm just uh, extremely healthy and good looking, hopefully. Anyway, that's enough of me rambling on. Take care, everyone. I shall see you on Wednesday for the midweek message. Oh, Dave, if you're listening, hope you get your iPad sorted out so you can listen to the podcast again. Dave was the one of the chaps that came along last night to the quiz with us. So I hope you got that sorted out, Dave. Then you can sit down and listen to a load of rambling rubbish. Take care, everyone. See you Wednesday. Bye-bye for now.